You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove Podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. I feel like who art ed? Who art ed? Mr. Wood art ed me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and for this week's Fun Fact Friday, we're going to be learning a little bit more about day glow and fluorescent colors. Now, the history of day glow colors actually is really interesting. In 1933, a chemistry student at the University of California by the name of Bob Switzer fell and hit his head. He was knocked unconscious, and when he awoke from the coma, his vision was blurry. The doctors suggested he avoid bright light while he was recovering, and so his father turned the basement into a dark room. I cannot overstate how much I love the irony of the fact that the brightest, boldest day glow colors came from a man who was trying to recover in darkness. But this, this setting actually sparked an interest in him for ultraviolet light. Bob and his younger brother Joe, a magician and chemist, uh, they shared an interest in ultraviolet lights or black lights. It's called a black light because the ultraviolet light is outside the visible light spectrum, so we can't really see the light energy being emitted from it. Now, Joe was interested in fluorescence and black light for his magic act. He basically wanted to put fluorescent pigments on a headdress on his assistant, and then under the black light, he would take the headdress off and move it like one way while she danced the other way, making it appear as though like her head detached from her body. Now, nothing against magic or magicians, but I think we can all agree there are slightly more noble uses for these highly visible pigments and colors, and that's why we see them today 
on the reflective safety vests that people wear while they're working out in the streets, um, whether it's construction workers or crossing guards. Um, We also see these ultra bright colors on traffic cones. And I keep saying they're ultra bright. And one of the things I think is worth understanding is what makes these colors so bright. Now, I've done previous episodes about how color is basically different wavelengths of light. Certain pigments and colored things will absorb some portion of the visible light spectrum. White light has all the visible light in it. And each color we see is basically a certain wavelength of light, often referred to as like the dominant wavelength. Um, When we see something, let's say it's orange, what we're really seeing is the orange wavelength of light reflected off of there. Now, what makes fluorescent colors sort of special is they are not just working with the visible light spectrum, which is sort of in the middle range of the light spectrum. They are also reflecting ultraviolet light rays and that that higher energy wavelength of the light spectrum. And so basically we're getting the the visible light dominant wavelength, but we're also getting the energy from that ultraviolet light coming in. And so it becomes an even brighter, more intense hue. Now, to be honest, a lot of this science is a little bit over my head. And so I did look at different resources and where better to go than the Dayglow Color Corporation's website, because they do actually have a wonderful, easy to follow history, as well as an explanation on this fluorescent color theory. But they basically explain it saying your typical color is going to reflect like 90% of that that light energy, whereas, um, you know, fluorescents are giving up to 200 or even 300%. And so it's that cumulative effect where it's like this highly reflective and more of that light energy radiating out from it or reflected off of it that is making it such a bright, bold, intense, and eye-catching hue. Now, if we go back to that story of the brothers who who gave us day glow colors, in 1934, they were selling paints basically for magicians. It was this niche thing. And in 1935, they began making dramatic special effects scenes. It was basically decorations for movie theaters. They called them midnight paintings, and basically they had a normal light that could be switched to a black light to make the fluorescent paints glow and alter the scene. It was a novelty product for a while. Um, And then in 1936, they started to create... The first paints that reflected wavelengths of the visible light while also utilizing the UV wavelengths, and this produced those ultra-bright and intense colors even in white light. Um, Typical fluorescent colors needed that black light, that ultraviolet light, um, and the effect was not so dramatic in, in white light. What made these special these colors special was they started to develop colors that would look ultra bright and intense even in the daylight. And that's why they called it day glow. It, it's because they worked and had that same vibrant intensity even in daylight conditions. 
Now, at first, day glow colors were basically used for advertisements to make them a little bit more eye-catching on billboards and things like that. But they found a new use in World War II as the military used the pigments to make safety equipment, you know, flags and signals that would be visible from planes in the air, even at night. Now, as a child of the 90s, I can tell you, day glow colors, or as I always used to refer to them, neon colors, they're just rad. They are fun. We see them on psychedelic posters. We see them today in advertisements. We see them in all sorts of contexts. But I also got to say, they have kept with that legacy of making things safer in the world around us. The colors are not just bright and bold for the sake of being fun and eye-catching, but day glow colors also make people more visible in all sorts of contexts, and it helps to keep them safer, which I got to say, in the end, is pretty rad. So I guess we can forgive them for the color of Mountain Dew. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted? If you found this tolerable, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week in the show notes on Twitter at WoodArtEd and on the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.